0: It's important not to jump to conclusions and jump right to I can't. You know, we're 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 always an I can company. Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing happy. Each week we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft and give you the tools, tactics and strategies you need to take your career and your business to the next level and
1: now your host chris lukey hey welcome to episode 70. i think we've got a fun one for you today because we're going to be talking all about roller coaster manufacturing our guest is jake kilcup the coo at rocky mountain construction better known as rmc and if you're not familiar with these folks they are easily one of the most famous roller coaster designers of the 21st century, but you probably do know them, even if the name doesn't roll off the tongue, right? I'm gonna throw out some names here. You got Twisted Colossus at Six Flags Magic Mountain in Southern California goliath at six flags great america near chicago illinois iron rattler and new texas giant down in texas he got steel vengeance at cedar point these are all built by rocky mountain construction and really if you've ridden any wooden roller coaster that throws you upside down and does some crazy turns in the last 10 years chances are it's a rocky mountain construction coaster so what are the three things we're going to talk about in today's episode First, we're going to hear Jake's story, how he got his start, and how RMC got their start as well. We'll also get an inside look into roller coaster manufacturing. Second, we're going to talk about learning in a number of different ways learning from successes, learning from hiccups on projects, learning from mentors, and how having a can do attitude is extremely important when it comes to manufacturing. Finally, we're going to talk about roller coasters, specifically in the context of building a great niche brand there's going to be some terminology thrown around there's going to be a little name dropping so hopefully you can stick with us at this point in the episode but like i said i think you're going to have some fun with today's conversation if you are having fun with today's conversation, I do want to encourage you to leave a five-star rating and review for us over at Apple Podcasts. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com iTunes. It'll take you straight there. And I love giving shout-outs to the folks that leave ratings and reviews on the show, so I'm going to read one of the recent ones for you. This one is from Olivia and she says, highly recommend if you're looking to stay up to date with the ever evolving manufacturing landscape or simply love hearing from innovative founders and makers, I highly recommend tuning in to manufacturing happy hour. Chris is a fantastic host who leads really engaging interviews with the industry's game changers. If you had time to read this review, you have time to hit that follow button. Well, Olivia, I appreciate the call to action, and if you do leave a five-star rating and review, I will make sure to give you a shout-out here at the start of the episode as well. Again, you can do that by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes to go straight to Apple Podcasts. And with that, we got to jump into today's episode, and I do want to give you a disclaimer that... After 70 episodes, I finally made a microphone mistake. That's right. When we jumped into this interview, I forgot to turn on my podcast microphone, so I was recording through the computer through about the first five minutes. So I'm sure you won't care, but I just had to throw it out there anyway. Anyway, let's go meet up with Jake Kilcup. Okay, Jake So we're here hanging out online today. we to be talking roller coasters, but let's say we were having this conversation in person. You're based up in northern Idaho. Where would we be having this if we were having this conversation over a beverage? Describe
0: that place. I would probably be going over to Mad Bomber Brewing, pretty close to the shop and a lot of beers on tap, a lot of good local beers, a lot of craft.
1: So Mad Bomber Brewing, is that is that another reference to like the stunt shows up there, the air pilot shows they had up there in the past?
0: No, it's actually uh, it's some, some ex-vets. Uh, uh, so they just, I guess, tired and decided today we're going to start brewing beer. Seems like a, I don't know, seems like a good plan to me.
1: Seems like a fitting name. Well, if if we were having this conversation at Mad Bomber, I, I, we're going to start this with a little bit of a story, right? And for context to so those listening today, Rocky Mountain Construction was just featured in a pretty cool documentary called This Is How We Roll. I'll link up to that in the show notes, but I just watched that right before this interview, so it's going to be the basis for some of my questions. So we want to start by getting to know your story, Jake. So I I have to ask, is it true that you got your job with Rocky Mountain Construction because the owner's daughter came in to an office max looking to buy a laptop that would run CAD? Is that how this all got going?
0: yeah that's absolutely true that's uh that's how i met amy garcia who is fred grubb's daughter and you know i'd seen her a few times because a lot of small businesses would come into office max for computers and printer paper and all that and a lot of small talk and finally led to something where she said come on in let's uh let's get you an interview and uh the rest is history now what
1: did you thought you were going to do with with your career before that you had a background in architecture something like that
0: is that correct yeah. Yeah. I got my uh, I got my bachelor's and my master's degree in architecture. And, you know, I had big dreams of uh, designing high-end multi dollar homes, you know, like every other architect out there. Uh, and I graduated in the midst of a downturn in the economy and there were no jobs available. I actually had to leave my, my college degrees off of my resume in order to find work because um, a lot of people said I was overqualified. And, uh, I needed a job. So
1: <laughs> that, that makes sense. It sounds like you and I graduated around that same time, around like 08, 09. Uh, so I, yep. I,
0: yep.
1: I, I, I feel your pain there. I felt lucky when I was able to find my first gig as well. Well, nevertheless, you've certainly landed in one of the most iconic places in the modern roller coaster manufacturing world. And we've talked about the amusement industry once on the show before, really learning more about, hey, what can manufacturers learn from like theme park operations, but roller coaster manufacturing is something new today. And and for context for the audience out there, we've got a lot of people in the Midwest, a lot of people based in the the U.S. So Rocky Mountain Construction is the company that's done some of these wooden roller coasters that go upside down, uh, to put it in simplest terms. But let's say you and I are hanging out at Mad Bomber Brewing. How would you describe Rocky Mountain Construction, Jake?
0: Well, um, we're fun, family-owned, hard-working company that focus on fun, and thankfully we're in an industry that's solely based on selling smiles. That's what we do, and you know, we just happen to do it by manufacturing roller coaster track and you know, building the biggest roller coasters we can. Uh, a lot of us are do a lot of dirt bike riding and 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 snow skiing and things like that. So, kind of driven by the extreme sports model and. Um, we try to capture a lot of that adrenaline feeling and and put it into a roller coaster.
1: I did want to ask about that. You just made me think of something, right? Like you say, you do a lot of dirt biking, all these adrenaline junkie type activities. How much does that inspire rides really? Like, are there certain elements or things you do when you're on the bike or when you're on the snowboard that you think, wow, I could put that into a roller coaster?
0: Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, quite honestly, some of our some of our element names that, you know, we have in, in some proposals for customers actually are just stolen from extreme sports. You know, we step up under flip is a, is an element we have out at Joker, um, in Northern California. And, you know, that's, that's completely taken from snowboarding constantly. You're, you're, you know, you're watching extreme sports and you, you want to try to capture that feeling and put it into, you know, a safe, a safe way for somebody to experience as close as they can to that, to, to that experience. We're always trying to do stuff like that.
1: That's pretty cool. I, I figured there had to be overlap between uh, hobbies and work in that regard. Let's do a little bit of how it's made. I know some basics about roller coaster manufacturing, and you're kind of in a unique spot because there's steel roller coasters that are like all built in the shop, then assembled when you get out there. There are wooden roller mm-hmm. coasters that are really built out in the field, right? Everything's done out in the field, but you have this. Unique hybrid style that allows, for lack of a better word, a wooden roller coaster to go upside down and do some pretty extreme things. So, what does the manufacturing process look like at Rocky Mountain Construction?
0: Yeah, if we're doing a, you know, we do a lot of different types of projects. We do ground-up projects. We do um, retrofits on existing rides. That's how we got our start was our steel track beam system being installed on an old wooden roller coaster, and that was the first person that gave us our shot. And we kind of got pigeonholed into that for a long time, which was a-okay. I mean, we we've had a lot of fun doing those um, those retrofits. Yeah, if we're doing a retrofit, it, it's a hybrid coaster, and it's a hybrid on the design side, manufacturing side as well. Where some of the some of the product is manufactured at our facility and shipped to site, and then uh, you know the wooden portion of that project is is drawn up, and then guys in the field, Justin, Bill, some guys have been here a long time building a wooden coaster as a craft. Those guys will. Saw the wood and uh, throw those pieces way up in the air and throw it together. And then they'll lay that, that steel track down on top of it. Like you said, the fully steel coaster gets all built in the shop and then put together like Legos out in the field. Um, a wooden coaster gets 100% craft built in the field. And hybrids, just just what it sounds like. A little bit of both.
1: I, I was always wondering that with, with your operation since, to an extent, you've revolutionized the way roller coasters have been done over the past decade plus, And there had to be some... Unique elements of that. I'd really love to know what it's like from an operation standpoint. Because you're the COO, what's it like building up an infrastructure to keep up with demand? Because if I th- if I've heard the story of Rocky Mountain Construction correctly, you I think it was described as having the house built without a foundation. You were growing so quickly that you were just trying to keep up with the next thing. So, how do you build operations and processes to do that? Because I'm sure. All the manufacturers out there, regardless of what they're making, can learn from that.
0: <laughs> the truth is, is it's, it's it's difficult and it's messy, and we make some mistakes here and there, and we learn from our mistakes. I mean, Fred Grub, uh, founder of the company, is is a little bit of a gambling man. You know, he's he's he doesn't like to say no to projects. He always likes to take on the challenge, and you know, we we pride ourselves on always being able to to find a way to get through that challenge. Um, probably, we grew at a rate. Three years in a row, our company doubled in size um, from an employee standpoint. And obviously, we had a, a lot more projects flowing through. So we grew at a rate that was, we, we weren't able to really sustain it with systems yet. You know, we had to we had to slow down to catch up. So it was, it was a little bit chaotic. And like I said, we learned from some mistakes that we made. Uh, I don't regret it. We learned fast, made great memories along the way. And I think most people are pretty happy with most of our projects. So I think in the end, uh, it might have been a little messy, but we got there.
1: Maybe another question on top of that, just getting, pulling the curtain back on coaster manufacturing, what are the KPIs that are most important when building a roller coaster? And maybe what's one that's unique to this industry or one that might surprise people?
0: Yeah, um, so we're we're a little unique in, in, at RNC in that we design, build, and install most of our own projects 100%. You know, a lot of the manufacturers are mainly design firms who uh, are outsourcing and, you know heavy on the project management management and engineering side of things. Well, we're, we're doing all of that. So our design team, you know, is in a building right next door to our manufacturing facility. So, so we're really, we're able to be vertically integrated. We're able to hit some schedules that maybe other people can't because um, our manufacturing facility is is 100% on board with us, you know, that we're their main priority. With that comes a, a lot of layering of the processes. So design will start, manufacturing will kick off, you know, pretty quick after that, and then installation in the field. So really keeping things aligned very nicely. Um, you know, we have to have a good plan going into the project because we can't afford a hiccup because then the whole the whole line, you know, it's just like an assembly line, the whole line backs up if if, if we fail along the way. So most of our projects are driven by, you know, opening dates. So installation schedule is key. So really, we're we you know we're taking a look at what our manufacturing rate needs to be to keep up with installation, mm. uh, and then we back that up into into engineering. So there's <clears throat> that's that's really what we're we're tracking. It's it's just matching the pacing on the different levels of the company uh, to make sure that everybody's running the same rate because it doesn't help if. If one, one piece of the company is going slower, faster than the other, we have to operate at the same speed.
1: So it sounds like you work backwards, right? You're like manufacturing, yeah. installation, engineering. That, that brings up another question then. And this is, it happens in every industry, right? Engineers will keep on engineering. But I'm curious what it's like for roller coasters where, what's it like working with engineers when you have to balance, this would be awesome, but you also have to like keep <clears> that in, in balance with, yeah, but we got to get this out the
0: door so that it can open on right. opening day. Yeah, no that that's that's definitely a problem where, you know, you can you can you can work on something forever to try to make it more efficient or like you said just just make it better. There has to be a point where you say okay, this this is acceptable um, and it's on time. If you maybe want to try something different and you're not able to hit it there, you know, we'll file that away for the next time around if, if we want to make a slight adjustment, but yeah, it's it's definitely definitely a balance. Um, the nice thing is, is like I said, our engineering team is right next door to our manufacturing team. They're in the manufacturing facility all the time, so they're sitting down with the actual the welders, uh, the plasma cutters, all the guys doing the manual labor, and they're they're getting their input on how we do things. I, I'm not a welder, so I don't know the best way to weld, and maybe the way that I uh, put a design together just isn't feasible or it's extremely inefficient. So we'll usually go down there and run through it with the guys and, you know, they'll have some feedback for us or, Hey, why don't we do it this way? Or can we do it that way? And then, you know, it's it's a lot of, it's a collaborative effort, effort between uh, the design and, and the manufacturing team and the installation team as well. So constant feedback from everybody down the line.
1: That makes sense. You mentioned you're vertically integrated. I, I'm curious, I'm going to ask a general question that I'm going to go specific to rocky mountain construction a little bit more what is the normal time for a roller coaster in terms of from ideation on the napkins sketching it out to up and running at the park
0: it's going to vary greatly so i'll stick kind of in in rmc's niche a little okay. bit you know uh, a project's more along the lines of, of what we're putting out there mm-hmm. you know you're looking at 12 12 to 14 months is is the ideal time frame which you know you don't always get that and uh you know sometimes you you gotta, you gotta kind of agree to, a, a a non-ideal schedule in order to land a job. For instance, in, in, uh, in Chicago, we went, um, eight months from bar napkin to opening day. Uh, and, and that was pretty rough. And I mean, that literally it was a sketch on a bar napkin. So,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it's funny. I was actually going to ask you about that project specifically. Um, I'm based in Milwaukee. There's actually a good portion of our audience based in the Midwest. So if you know Six Flags, Great America, Goliath, one of the relatively new ones there, that is some of RMC's finest work. So, well, well, let me ask that. What does it take to drastically shorten a schedule like that? How do you lead through something that is almost half of what would be an ideal time to design a coaster?
0: Yeah. I mean, you have to lean in completely and, It takes every member of the team to lean in completely. And that's one thing that, you know, we have in spades here at RMC is everybody buys into the company. Everybody is happy to be a part of this company. We all take pride in it. I mean, I'm wearing the logo right now and Mm -hmm. um, everybody here wears the logo around. I mean, it's a little point of pride to be a part of this family. So that's the first thing it takes is 100% buy-in from your team. And then everybody has to work really well together. And then when things don't hit the mark, we have to be extremely good about pivoting off center and, and, and figuring out where we can move. I mean, we had all sorts of challenges on that job in Chicago between the winter that that we went through while we were trying to do uh construction there. And we had, you know, some, some negative feedback from the local, uh, from the local unions and uh, you know, difficulties with foundations. So all all sorts of fun problems that are, they make great stories. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <but>, uh, <laughs>
1: Well, uh, that maybe that's something I'm interested in then, you know, you've been through challenges. You've been doing this for over a decade at RMC. What's one of the most important lessons you've learned along the way that's that's helped you be successful, maybe individually, but that also has translated to what's helped you be successful as a company?
0: Yeah, anything's possible. You know, that's one thing I, I joke about with Fred is he, he doesn't say no to anything. He, he, you know, he's never met a project that he doesn't want to be a part of. Again, I joke about that, but it's the truth. I mean, anything is possible. Um, you just have to change your frame of mind. Um, it may not be possible with the current resources and time frame that you have, but, you know, you change your resources and all of a sudden it changes the, the possibilities. So it's important not to jump to conclusions and jump right to I can't, you know, we're, we're, we're always an I can company. Um, it's just a matter of making it, uh, uh, making it possible to be successful.
1: I love that. Don't jump to, I can't, I'm going to have to quote you on that one. Let's, let's talk about the culture there a little bit too. Cause I feel like you've given us some hints at it already. You mentioned it's like a family. You mentioned everything's possible. I mean, is there one word that you think could sum up the culture at Rocky mountain construction?
0: Just family. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it is. I mean, we're, we're together all the time. We work a lot of hours because it doesn't feel like work all the time. You know, I mean, sure, we go through difficult times, but you have to put it perspective. I mean, what, what we get to do for a living is, is pretty incredible. Um, and you can't take that for granted. Um, even in the rough times, you have to remember that, hey, man, it's, it's a pretty good day. Even on a bad day, this is a pretty fun day, I, you know, and the good days are amazing. You know, there's nothing like going to opening day of a ride and watching people come into the station smiling and clapping. And I mean, there's, there's no better feeling than seeing people enjoy this like beautiful sculpture that you helped create.
1: So, so two questions associated with that. Let's, let's start with maybe the easier one. What's one of the most memorable moments or one of your proudest moments from your almost 15 years
0: that you've been there. Can you describe that for us? Oh man, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to think back a little bit. You know, the, the first ride opening that I got to go to was uh, was Goliath there in, uh, in Gurnee. So that was, that was a pretty incredible moment because, uh, you know, I'd been part of, of, of projects and, you know, the Texas Giant and Iron Rattler and uh, Outlaw Run at Silver Dollar City, but I had never been able to go and be a part of that opening day. And, you know, and I knew that we had a little bit, we were starting to get a little bit of a following. You know, we had people who were fans of our work or whatever, but, you know, I'd never seen it firsthand. So. Going to Chicago and, you know, seeing people show up on media day that just, just wanted to ride the ride and wanted to come say, thank you for being a part of this. I mean, that was, that was pretty humbling and pretty incredible. I just, it, it it's kind of weird, you know, I mean, uh, probably a little bit spoiled. I've been able to work with Alan Schilke for, you know, um, quite a while and get to know him pretty well. And it's, it's just, it's such a weird thing to see an engineer signing autographs. I mean, that's not, yeah <laughs> that's not a normal thing. So
1: yeah. And And for those listening that might not be like hardcore roller coaster enthusiasts, Alan Shilke is basically the arguably most famous roller coaster engineer of the past, like three decades. Uh, worked for aerodynamics before RMC. Uh, yeah, he certainly has celebrity status in uh, in that mm-hmm. community. We'll be right back right after a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Concept Systems, who you can find at ConceptSystemsInc.com. Concept Systems is an independent systems integrator and your automation solution partner for anything from antiquated control system retrofits to greenfield controls coordination and project management. Whether it's process or discrete control, Concept Systems has been doing this for over 20 years. They've partnered with best-in-class companies like Rockwell Automation and Fanuc to conceptualize, design, and build automation systems that include everything like robotics, vision systems, and manufacturing intelligence solutions. Personally, I've been familiar with Concept Systems for a couple years now, and I have to say I'm a huge fan of the amazing team they have over there. With national presence across the U.S., they have application experience in more than just a few industries, including food and beverage, aerospace, automotive, building products, and metals, just to name a few. If you have a project coming up requiring an automation solution partner or even a main automation contractor, head over to ConceptSystemsInc.com and get in touch. They take an extremely methodical, risk-mitigating approach to project management that allows you to hit your project timelines and keep focusing on your core business. Oh, and if you want to hear a bit more about Concept Systems, make sure to check out Episode 7 of Manufacturing Happy Hour, which is our panel discussion on smart manufacturing, featuring Concept Systems' very own Director of Sales and Marketing, Ryan Wasmond. And now, back to today's episode. I want to go back to the the creative side and the innovation in a second, but I told you there was going to be a second part to this question. So you just described one of the best moments. How do you persevere when you're up against those challenges or when you're having things you described with the Goliath eight-month process from the unions, the schedule? What do you do to persevere and keep going in those moments?
0: I mean, thinking specifically of a project, Outlaw Run was our first uh, our first time producing cars. And that was was a pretty big undertaking. I don't think we knew, you know, how difficult it really was going to be. We had a ton of of overtime just trying to pull that schedule off for Silver Dollar City. And they were great partners to work with. They helped us out as much as they could. But uh, you know, there were some pretty low points um on that project just trying to pull it off. And it, it's just grit and determination. It's just hard work. It's it's just that most of the people here at RMC, we don't got a lot of quit in us. So It's a little bit of, you know, we're going to stick through and we get, we're going to get through it.
1: And I want to get a little tangible with that too, because I love the, you know, don't start with, I can't focus on, I can attitude. Then you mentioned Alan Shilkey, So we're talking engineering as well. How do you go from that attitude then to making sure that those innovations can happen? Like what's the work that takes place going from, yeah, let's freaking do it to, okay, this is how we're going to do it.
0: Right. That was the, that was the beauty of the collaboration that was Alan Shilkey and Fred Grubb mm-hmm. working together. Alan could dream up some pretty incredible things and Fred could build them. And they both contributed one to the other, you know, it wasn't all Alan thinking things up and it wasn't all Fred building it. And Alan would contribute on Fred's side and Fred would contribute on Alan's side. So it was really just two guys that really aligned, had the same vision and had the same passion for it. Just like I said, don't take no for an answer and not going to quit.
1: Yeah. A couple of personal questions for you then. You you had your background in CAD as well, right? When you started there, you were on the CAD mm-hmm. side. Were you following instructions or were you also like, I've got some ideas for this as well that you got to bring in there? What's, what's that side of it look like?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, Alan and Fred are both great mentors, but they're not into the details. Uh, well, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> misspoke a little bit there i so would hope alan in is details. involved in the details yeah if you
1: put me for some of those <laughs> but, rides he's ridden and the restraints of, and i hope there are details involved in that
0: yeah what, what i mean is is they're going to throw you in the deep end they're not going to sit there and and lead you along right so there's definitely a uh find out if you can swim mentality here so they you know, Alan, I'm sure has been so frustrated with me over the years because I'd ask questions that he just was like, figure it out, man. And, you know, and I he coached me along and helped me out with that. And so would Fred. And uh, uh yeah, they they definitely, I, they, they let me be a, a, a pretty big player in the development of the iBox track system and how to build it, how to design it. And, you know, I was was definitely not the uh, the the innovator they were, but that was able to uh, help streamline the processes of manufacturing and and design a little bit along the way. So it's it pretty cool to pretty cool to be able to be a part of something that's I think pretty special.
1: Yeah, and 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 to to provide a little context, iBox Track is what really put you on the map and really allowed. Rocky Mountain Construction to do the crazy things you do with roller coasters now. So I'm, I'm translating some of this for our manufacturing audience that might not be the, uh, the roller coaster audience today, but I know we're going to get quite a bit of overlap. Let me ask you about Fred and uh, Alan then. what's You mentioned they were great mentors. What's some of the best leadership advice or some of the best design advice that you've received from them that sticks out that's impacted you to this day?
0: Fred has been a leader when we have hit a wall that said, "I don't even know if this is possible." Before, where we have just been completely exhausted uh, with attempting to to pull off. When we first started building iBox, you know, we sold an idea, we sold a design, we didn't we didn't sell a a proven built product, and uh, we had a theory about how to build it. Um, and we worked on that theory for four months straight before we even put a single usable piece of track out of our shop. So there was definitely several times that we were up against it and just couldn't even figure out how we were going to pull this off. And, you know, maybe this isn't a thing, maybe this isn't possible. And Fred was, uh, Fred was, a, a, I mean, he was a pioneer. He was a great leader. He'd, he'd pull everybody up, keep them excited about it and keep them moving forward. Even though, you know, I, I have my doubts about how, uh, how excited he really was at the time. He probably was. Uh, he probably was just as uh, down as the rest of us. But he knew that that's what we needed, and he was a motivator. He let people make mistakes. He let you take chances, and he didn't come down on you for those things. So he kind of allowed you to uh, uh, maybe fly a little farther than you should. But uh, in the end, you know, you learn a lot from it, and you come out of it in a lot better situation.
1: One thing that I'm curious about that, and I'm going to talk to the manufacturing audience out there as well. I think the cool thing I'm hearing about Rocky Mountain Construction is you really start with the idea and that dream, whether you think it's possible or not, and you work back to how it's going to be done. And and as someone that talks to manufacturing leaders a lot, I would say, hey, everyone out there that has ideas, whether you're building a roller coaster, whether you're manufacturing beer or whatever it is inside of a manufacturing facility, like dream big and then work backwards to the how. That's one thing I'm pulling from you today. Another question I have for you is this is unique to your industry, but in addition to building new roller coasters, you retrofit a lot of older ones that have been around for a while, Roll, wooden roller coasters that let's say are past their prime, for example. Um, you know what how do you feel when you're retrofitting like let's say a really notable historical ride is there an element of reverence to it what goes through your head when it's not just something you're building but it's something that people probably have an emotional attachment to
0: oh for sure and if i didn't have that reverence i got it pretty quick because when we started to cut into some of these historic rides you know we heard about it from a lot of people who were not happy especially on the Texas Giant we first started you know they they didn't see our vision um, they didn't trust what we were doing you know we were ruining something that 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 had you know a place in their heart so you get it pretty quick that you know this this thing's important to people so you know we've done that on several rides now and uh, you know probably one of the most notable is uh, Colossus in Southern California it's probably the most you know that that coaster's a movie star it's been in, been in all sorts of movies so yep. uh, uh, that that one was pretty special we clearly we tried to stick close to the original layout but we try to breathe new life into it you know we try to bring we try to bring it into this century um and really just and that one I think turned out really well I mean it's just a lot it's a really fun ride that the families can enjoy together so you know we didn't take away from from the demographic that was already riding that ride you know but the first time I got to ride that ride was with um the three brothers who originally built mm. that ride so that was a that was a pretty cool moment too just a to, uh to have them come out on the media day and you know be a part of the festivities and, and ride the ride and you know that's a that's a two-loop coaster you go up to lift hill twice right and yeah i just i'll never forget them turning around um and looking at fred and i in the seat behind him and just saying fred you're crazy man you're crazy <laughs> I, it it's just it was a pretty cool moment so we definitely don't want to lose the history
1: Funny, I have a story about both of those that you mentioned. So Colossus, Six Flags, Magic Mountain, LA area, I'm sure people are familiar with that now. Twisted Colossus, that was actually my intro to RMC. I think my first one was that one when I rode it back in like 2017 or something. On the other side, I rode the old Texas Giant, Six Flags over Mm -hmm. Texas, Dallas area, back in 2008. And man, that ride was hell at that point. It beat the heck out of you. So when I heard you were doing a retro fit to that, I'm like, I think that's much needed because certainly can't beat me up any more than it did that time. So, um, uh, no, you've, d- you've done great work. I mean, any personal favorites out of the, the long list of ones you've built up to this point?
0: I don't have a, I don't have a personal favorite. They've all got moments on them that it's just like, that are unique to that ride, you know, cause we have, we have a lot of similar elements and, and and obviously i mean there's there's not everything can be completely unique and original but there's always a moment on a ride that just it's like that one turned out so great like the yeah. zero g roll on iron rattler it's just like man nailed it that one was perfect so i don't have a i don't have a favorite ride but i definitely have a favorite moment on each ride and well i i, just like I ride roller coasters yeah, no,
1: I'm I'm a junkie as well. Everyone that listens to this show, I think, knows it as well. Now, are those moments associated with the ride itself, or are they also associated with, gosh, it took forever to get this part out the door when we were manufacturing it? Can you visualize those parts, like where they were in the shop when you're on the ride?
0: Yeah, you, you definitely think about that a little bit, you know, like, oh, man, this, this area was a nightmare. <laughs> um, but uh, I usually go into a ride with – what I think is going to be the highlight of the ride, you know and so i've you know I've got it in my head that this is going to be the moment that I'm going to enjoy, and then I'm always looking for that surprise that that thing that wasn't even on my radar so that's that's really what I'm going into is' like is this element going to really feel like I envisioned it, and then where's the element that nobody's talking about that's just going to blow them away mm, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember it, man. So I I just got on a bunch of your rides this summer for the first time, like Goliath, Steel Vengeance, etc. Stunt pilot, actually. Mm-hmm. I'll share a quick personal story, then I'm going to flip it back to you as we kind of get towards the, the end of our conversation. I made my way up to uh, your neck of the woods in northern Idaho just because I had a conference out in Spokane. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm finally going to check Silverwood off the list. And I felt a little guilty leaving the park because i rode all the rides and I'm like, I thought Stunt Pilot was going to be my favorite, but Tremors turned out to be the one I liked the best. And I just learned that your team had retrofitted the track for that one. So I feel um, much less guilt than I did going into this <laughs> conversation when I was like, oh man, that's like Rocky Mountain Construction's backyard up there. So your, your handiwork has been uh, felt on many rides. Like you said, iconic brand, one of the only roller coaster companies that I see on people's t-shirts much the same way you'd see like a ride at an amusement park on someone's shirt so you've certainly built up a, a great brand well actually maybe that's another question I have what's it been like managing the brand I'm sure there's someone else on your team that's responsible for that but what's that like having done something different for what it means to be a roller coaster manufacturer in this day and age
0: that was just you know that was one of those unexpected things we didn't we didn't plan to uh we didn't plan to create something that people were were gonna wanna wear on their bodies or anything like that, but it just you know you want to have a cool factor right everybody wants yeah. to be part of something neat and cool, so when we had our logo, you know we wanted to make sure that it was subtle enough, and you know something that would really look good on a sweatshirt rather than just, you know, written out Rocky mountain construction or something like that on, on your, on your shirt, you know, that's not cool. And then we started to get a following based off people liking our ride experience. And then more and more people asking us, you know, Hey, do you guys sell t-shirts or whatever? And, we started doing it a little bit just because people were asking it and were requesting it and we, it just got out of control. And, you know, we eventually just went to uh, uh, basically selling them off our website, you know, using a third party distributor, just because it, it became too much to, you know, it was a side side thing in the office for uh, uh, administration to handle and it just became too much.
1: Yeah. Well, I know it's second nature for me to call it RMC most of the time as it is for most fans of your company. I think, I've been calling it Rocky Mountain Construction through most of this interview, but I think that's an important lesson for the manufacturing folks listening to this show. It's like the brand is what people say about it at the end of the day, right? You can't like manufacture the brand. You have to manufacture a great product that ultimately turns into the brand, much as yours has where it's celebrated by roller coaster enthusiasts everywhere. So you've given us a lot of good info today. As we get to the end here, the one question that usually comes up, what would we be drinking at Mad Bomber if we were there? What's what's
0: your go to brew? Oh, man. Well, Mad Bomber has a lot of variety. So I'm, I'm typically I like I like to go sampler a lot of times, yeah. but uh, I'm definitely uh, definitely a dark and a brown type of guy but I don't, I don't discriminate it with, with beer. I'll drink all of it.
1: So I'm, I'm in the same boat. If I'm going to a brewery, chances are I'm getting the sampler as well. So, well, we're getting to the end of our sampler today in this conversation. So can you share what's next for RMC Rocky mountain construction?
0: Yeah, we got a, uh, we got a pretty incredible ride going in down in Georgia right now that we're working on uh, pretty excited for that one to open up. It's a little bit different than what we typically have done being an all steel structure um and then you know we got another another single rail raptor style coaster going into magic mountain so we love working with those guys um honestly six flags and uh, uh you know we're working with fun spot in georgia have been amazing to work with just get out and get to those parks those, those people uh people take good care of you and they have some great rides out there
1: well it's pretty cool yeah i mean between six flags cedar fair i mean you're working with all the big dogs these days everyone seems to want an rmc in their collection because much as a, uh, a bm or an arrow or whatever it was back in the day all of those now it's essential to have uh, an rmc and a coaster collection at a park if you want to stand out so well hey jake i've appreciated the conversation today hopefully we'll get a chance to run into one another at a park or at iapa at one of these points so thanks for taking the time uh, with our audience yeah thanks chris hey thanks for listening and thank you jake and rocky mountain construction for making this episode possible also a special thank you to josh liebman host of the attraction pros podcast or i should say one of the hosts of the attraction pros podcast he was back on episode 17. i mentioned it briefly in this interview where i made reference to it that we had talked about coasters on the show before and actually, that's where we talked about what lessons manufacturers can learn from amusement park operations and guest experience. So really fun episode. If you liked this episode and you haven't heard that, head on back to episode 17 to listen to our interview with Josh, who, again, Josh, if you're listening, thanks so much for helping get this interview set up. We had some fun conversations today. We talked about the documentary about Rocky Mountain construction called This Is How We Roll. I'll have that linked up in the show notes. I highly recommend you go check that out. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com 70. And of course, you can go learn more about Mad Bomber Brewing there as well. If you like this episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. And that rating and review can be super quick. It does not need to be longer than a couple sentences. And as always, if you leave a review, I would happily give you a shout out on this show. One final thank you to our sponsor today, Concept Systems, one of the best systems integrators in North America. If you are looking for someone to help you out with your application from a controls, automation, information standpoint, look no further than Concept Systems, who we featured on the show back in Episode 7. And with that, that's it for this week. We're going to get out of here. We're going to get rolling, I should say, just to throw one final roller coaster pun into this episode. So stay innovative, stay thirsty. We'll catch you again next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Manufacturing Happy Hour, powered by the Industrial Network.